Welcome to Parenting Bites. This is Rebecca Levy. I'm here today with Amy Oztan of Amy Ever After. Hello. Hello. And Andrea Smith, our technology guru extraordinaire. Hello. Hello. Today on the show, we know you are facing a long summer ahead of you. So many of you, after spending three long months already at home with your children homeschooling, So we have a special guest on the show today, Anna Fader. She is the founder and CEO of Mommy Poppins, which is a nationwide um, conglomeration of sites uh, about local resources and ideas and links. I mean, it's just an endless resource for parents on what to do locally, what to do virtually. And we are going to have Anna on the show specifically to talk about how she has seen a lot of camp offerings nationwide go virtual, options that are out there for parents that you might not have considered, and how you can help formulate a great summer that will not drive you crazy. And she's been on the show before. Yes. She's she's a friend of the show. She was on to talk about meal kits a couple of years ago. Yes. We'll we'll link to that episode for those of you who don't remember. Yeah, because, I mean, you know, everybody's home cooking now. And trying meal kits for the first time. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, we can, we'll link to that past episode, but we're happy to have her on again because this is a huge undertaking to really gather as many resources as possible for parents to shape a summer. It's a long two months ahead. So we will be right back with Anna Fader. We are back with our guest, Anna Fader, founder and CEO of Mommy Poppins, and we are going to talk all things camp, believe it or not. Hi, Anna. Hi. <laughs> Thanks for joining us today. You know, Amy found your guide. Even when you posted it, Amy saw it and Amy was like, oh, my God, this is an actual resource for parents <laughs> <laughs> to see camp options that are virtual, you know, maybe not have ideas about how to create camps, you know, what camps are doing. This is such an amazing resource. So thanks, first of all, for putting this together. Thank you. Um, and I have to say, like, every year you guys do, like, camp fair, you do these things. What was it like to all of a sudden have to figure this out in the time of the pandemic? <laughs> I mean, I honestly, I have not worked as hard as I have worked in the last few months, like, since I started Mommy Poppins 13 years ago. And, like, for five years, I was working basically every waking minute when I wasn't shuttling my kids around. Um, and, but I've just been working a day and night trying because we're basically been trying to stay one step ahead of everything else that's going on. So, um, when they shut the schools down and then consequently all of the children's businesses had to shut down, I realized what that meant for the businesses for one thing, like they are going to have to figure out how to move forward in some way. So within a week, I had created a new website that is a platform for basically um, sharing virtual programming, like virtual classes and virtual parties and all of that. And I had no idea exactly what was going to happen. I just wanted to like be there and be able to like figure it out as things evolved. And a lot of the businesses at that time were like, oh, this is going to be a few weeks and we're just going to wait it out. You know, I was like, okay. (laughs) Um, (laughs) 
but so with camp, it's been really complicated because you have all these state guidelines. So you have federal guidelines, then you have state guidelines, maybe municipal guidelines. Um, And so we've been like waiting for the camps to tell us what they're going to do. You know, we have a, we've, we have a directory on mommy Poppins um, that has all the camps, but they're not like all, all of our directory listings aren't updated for what's actually happening this year. You can click through to the website and find it. Um, so we added a virtual section. So we've been moving people to virtual as they've been deciding that they're going virtual or if they're staying local, um, you know, we, we've updated, but, um, we put the camp fair together as a, you know, just, a, a, a tool that we knew everything in there was what's happening this summer. And, you know, and also because now we have this very shortened registration period, um, we wanted to have more of an event where we could say, okay, this is happening now. Everybody needs to register for camp now. Um, so that was kind of what came uh, behind it. But we had camps, you know, still deciding like the day before <laughs> the, um, the camp fair. So like, we didn't have a lot of time to like, say this was happening. We were just like, let's get this up really quickly. <laughs> yeah, like my, my daughter's camp is in Pennsylvania. This is the first year that she's supposed to be a CIT. And from the camp's perspective, they really wanted to do it. They were ready to go, but they didn't actually get permission from the state of Pennsylvania until last week. Oh, yeah. And there's like, so like in New York City, there's a lot of camps that typically run outdoors in the parks, like Oasis and, um, you know, Uh, the park slope summer camp day camp and so they're ready to go and that's the best option for kids right that they're outside all day in the parks Mm -hmm. but the parks department is not releasing permits for those camps Uh. so they're just in limbo the state has said yes you can do camp but they can't get the permits from the parks department to do it so it's just so complicated and bureaucratic and and and, you know, a lot of the camps also, you know, uh, what because you have to have fewer kids in each section and transportation issues, you know, they are just like, it's not worth it. We're just not going to do it. But there are there are in-person camps all over the country. And, you know, and then there's also virtual camps, obviously. So um, and there's so many. For me, the most interesting thing was we did. I think 17 live sessions with different camps and just hearing about the, um, the, the breadth of offerings, which there's always amazing offerings in New York. You're just like, Oh, my kid can go to this camp where they like build furniture, you know, and you're like, what? (laughs) Um, (laughs) But now everybody has access to them, which is really a silver lining. And um, I was just reading through all the camps. I'm like, oh, that's so cool. Oh, that's so cool. There's so many amazing camps being offered virtually. And because they're virtual, they're also also a fraction of the price, which Mm -hmm. is really cool. You're right. Like this is the time to maybe just look at it instead of a loss as a gain for all of these things that your kid maybe would never experience because of where they live. But also because, you know, sometimes you get set in your routine and it's the same thing every summer and this is a chance to just do things differently. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think parents like I when this first happened, they just I think everyone kind of saw it happening, right? Like everyone kind of knew, like everyone gave up on them going back to school. There were like multiple steps, right? And then everyone gave up on that camp was going to happen. And I'm wondering, 
you know, for parents, not really those so much in the cities, but if you or other cities, I guess people are more likely to have yards than in New York. But if you have, you know, what are people recommending if maybe you have a group of friends, you've all quarantined, you live in sort of the same little radius? Um, what are alternatives for people to kind of put together a camp like situation? Yeah, I mean, if if you want to just like do stay at home camp I mean first of all I think like signing them up for some of these virtual classes or virtual camps is a really great way to just add a little bit of structure and direction um some of the ones I think um there's actually a camp in New Jersey uh Dwight Englewood and they're also um doing basically a traditional summer camp from home um which is pretty cool um they also I noticed they have driver's ed if you live in New Jersey you can take virtual driver's ed Um, that's helpful I mean (laughs) Yeah, but um, there's another camp, or actually it's not a camp, it's called Strawtown Studios, and it's a nature program, and basically they send you a box of nature activities, and then like once a week you do like a little virtual session where they kind of uh, give you some structure for it as well, but most of it you do um, on your own. And then there's cooking classes, like you could enroll the kids in like one class a day, or, you know, every couple days, whatever you want. But then if you're just like, and then what do you do with the rest of the time? So, I mean, I actually just did a presentation on this because like we have tons of resources. If you want to look on Mommy Poppins, we have tons of at-home activities and we've been, you know, making those easier for people to find as well. If you go to like our national page or we haven't, if you go to mommypoppins.com slash at hyphen home at home, um, we have our stay at home guide, which now is just filled with um, big bucket lists of activities, science experiments and backyard games and water games and STEM activities, you know, like, and I, um, you could actually, I was in, I just did this presentation where I was showing people how to take those off the internet and kind of like translate them into an activity jar you can print out bucket lists from the internet, cut the strips of the things to do, fold them and put them in a jar. Or you could, the, another cute way to do it is if you go and find that same, um, like, you know, we have Pinterest pages, we have a kids crafts and activities, Pinterest board. And if you open that up, then all the articles are as like little cute tiles. So that's, an, and then you could print that. Um, I don't know if you can print a, a Pinterest page, but you could do a screen capture and then print it um, and then cut those up and they're kind of cute looking. Um, so what I'm seeing here in New Jersey, I live in New Jersey in suburbia, you know, with tons of uh, moms on, on the Facebook group in the town that I live just screaming, get my kids out of this house. <laughs> you know, like I think that they've spent three months doing those tiny little projects and homeschooling and trying to do arts and crafts and STEM. And now they're like, damn it, I want camp. I want these kids out of here. And so a lot of people are posting like that the Y is doing some outdoor camps. But what's interesting is even though the New Jersey governor said that camps could do outdoor, the town camp that's normally outdoor 95% of the time is an opening. So everyone is just scrambling, trying to find kids, teenagers, babysitters, anybody who will take a group of kids for a couple of hours a day. What what kinds of options um, do you suggest for them? 
one of the things that's really popular now is people are like adding big kiddie pools and bouncy castles and things like that into their backyards to like create kind of a camp almost like environment in their backyards I think that those things are starting to sell out actually but I mean I think it's actually a great way to deal with it because I mean your kids are just gonna have so much fun you know the summer they got the giant kiddie pool or the giant I mean you know those pools now that those inflatable pools are like 20 feet long Um, and you think about all of the money that you would have spent on camp if you're not going to do camp you know, that's money to buy like that, that backyard thing that you've always wanted. Yeah, it's fun. You'll ruin your lawn, but the kids <laughs> will have a blast. <laughs> um, I mean, and then there's, you know, all the nature centers are pr- not necessarily the buildings, but, you know, uh, nature walks and things like that are open now, state parks. And, um, you know, if you can get somebody, uh, one parent to take a bunch of kids on the interactive nature walks in your area, um, and things like that, that's, that's things that, uh, you can do, um, to get them out of the house as well. Um, one of our popular posts is all about water games, you know, for them to play in the backyard, um, and things like that. Um, we just did a post actually on 15 science experiments that backyard science experiments <laughs> um, <laughs> that kids can do outdoors to get them out of the house. Um, you know, so there's a ton, there are a ton of activities, but it does take, you know, if you're doing it without a camp, you know, you have to organize it then. And, you know, and that's why the, like kind of the toys are great because, you know, they can, they can play with a lot less supervision. Like if you want to invest this summer on any types of, uh, kind of gear, you know, the, the sports gear, the pitchback or whatever that thing is called. Um, and the, you know, I've seen people putting gymnastics type equipment into their backyards. There's a lot of uh, options for that type of thing. There's also a lot of um, teenagers and wherever you are, trust me, because I've been hearing from nothing but from my friends who lost their summer jobs. They had summer jobs lined up and a lot of them to be camp counselors. And uh, now my son. they're not. Yeah. So, I mean, I think, you know, there's something to be said for and sometimes this happens on neighborhood Facebook groups or other kind of neighborhood groups of these teenagers of getting a couple teenagers who can handle you know maybe five kids you get two two teenagers you kind of rotate people's backyards um or pick one person's yard people don't even really have to come into your house and have some sort of structure around teenagers um or college kids who are home especially if they have a driver's license you know if they can take all your kids on a nature walk or things like that. There are so many teenagers who need work this summer. It's crazy. And we heard of a lot of people, even camps going back because they reduced the number of kids so much, they didn't bring on a lot of new people. So maybe they rehired counselors they'd worked with before, but all these kids who were expecting summer jobs at these camps for the first time just were cut. I've also had people reach out to me to hire the providers that are offering classes on our platform to hire them basically to do a week of camp at their homes. And um, we did that for, um, I think five families got together um, in Santa Monica and hired one of the, um, one of the camp providers 
um, to basically send an instructor to their home and do the camp for a week there. Um, and so, and it was, you know, affordable. So, I mean, that is another option too, is to look for some of the programs that might be willing to do that because they're also, you know, they're losing the revenue too. So they're willing to do things that they might not normally do. So what do you do if you're a parent like that, trying to group together people and, and get someone to come in and play camp counselor? Do you, um, do you get a, a mandated COVID test for that person? How do you think that's all going to play out? Yeah, I mean, that, that, so when they reached out to me, I reached out to a bunch of our camps that were in that area. And one of them was like, no, we're not doing that. <laughs> you know, like that is such an insurance liability. And the other two were, fi were fine with it and said, yes, we will do it. Um, so, I mean, you know, I think every decision this summer is about your personal comfort zone and um, risk also, because if you have somebody who is at a high risk, then you don't want to take any risks at all, right? If there's somebody in your family. But if you um, are more comfortable, um, maybe taking, you know, things that seem like reasonable risks, then then you might want to try one of these things. I think that that what hap what um, you know what you do with the instructor that's going to be between you and the camp, right? You're going to have to negotiate or agree on, you know, yes, this is we want to do this, but we want the instructor to be get a test, or you know, we're all going to agree to wear masks. You know, th those are things. I mean, because that's a basically a personal negotiation that has to be worked out. It's interesting because my daughters, the camp they went to in Maine, um, which is one of the only camps opening, even though Maine has allowed overnight camp, um, they th are testing these kids. The, the degree of medical <laughs> um, thought that's going into this in terms of quarantining the entire staff for two weeks before campers get there. Everyone has to have a COVID test yeah. before they get there and show the results. Everyone's going to be tested every week. They hired, instead of just nurses, they hired a pediatrician, like they contracted with a medevac company that can medevac kids or staff out, you know, to the hospital in Boston. Like, it's just like a crazy degree of precaution that is understandable. Um, but you do wonder, I mean, we've all just sort of decided <laughs> that it's over in some way, mm. that all of a sudden things that weren't okay three months ago are okay for no reason, right? So, I do, I do kind of wonder about that, um, particularly when it's maybe groups of friends or in the neighborhood, you know, how, how much thought people are giving to this of saying like, okay, if we're all doing this, we all agree that, you know, when our kids are coming here, like they're wearing a mask, they're washing hands, but also when they go home, like, because if everyone in the family is going out and doing whatever and coming home every night, and then that kid's coming to your home for camp, like you do see that sort of exponential degree of risk. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it's like you really have to trust and be on the same page with the other, you know, parents in your cohort, right? I mean, COVID tests are not required for the camps. What is required is, you know, and what the camps are, the in-person camps are doing is they are asking, even the day camps, they're asking the, the families or the children to self-isolate basically for two weeks before. It doesn't mean you can't go out at all, but you have to like, you know, be reasonable, like take 
you know, basically what we've been doing, right? Stay home mostly for two weeks before. They take your temperature every day, um, you know. So it's like um, it's not, uh, you know, it's not uh, totally risk-free, but they do have guidelines of what they're supposed to be doing. And then within the camp, they're supposed to stay only with that cohort of kids. And within the cohort, they don't have to wear masks. But, um, you know, if that cohort mixes with another cohort, then they do. Um, This is why it's so weird, but sending my daughter to sleepaway camp just feels safer to me than her hanging out here in the summer and trying to do something with her friends. Like it, it, I don't know, it it just bubbling everybody in one camp just seems safer. I kind of agree with that, especially since um, like, you know, the risk of what's actually going to happen to the children is much less Mm -hmm. than if they're going out in the world and coming home every day, you know, because if she's going to camp for four or eight weeks, whatever germs are in that cohort of people are going to work through. And then by the time they come home, they're not bringing anything home to you. you And we are making her quarantine for two weeks after she gets home, just in case she does bring something home. Because, you know, the, the camps like they have, it's not like I think Rebecca, I think your girls camp, they used to go for a certain amount of time. And it was like, everybody was there for that time, right? Yeah, it's a seven week only camp. Right. So this camp, there will be new people coming in every two weeks. So, you know, it's, it's, I would feel better if everybody was just going to be there for the same amount of time, but they're not. So yeah, we are making her quarantine mostly in her room when she gets back so that if, so that she doesn't bring anything back to her old feeble parents. Right. Silkwood shower, (laughs) spray her with Lysol, shower her Exactly. It is interesting because we, um, we're going away for the month of July and we're going to Maine and and Maine originally said everyone had to quarantine for 14 days when they got there. And now they've lifted that because they realized it will kill their tourism industry because people can't come for the weekend. Um, So their new thing is you have to have a COVID test within three days of arriving. So maybe this will help adjust the camps too. Um, And then you have to sign a thing when you check into wherever you're staying, even if it's a campground and kind of show the results of that test and, and move on. So you can see how they're trying to balance this idea of, um, you know, kind of responsibility, but also we need to, these places where that they rely completely on the summer to make all of their money basically for the entire year. It's a really tricky balance and camps. I mean, I mean, you know, it best of all, Anna, cause you're dealing with all these people who are your advertisers and your, you know, support for mommy poppins and your resource for them they've already been closed for the three months, like you said. So to not have summer also, it's just, it's a huge blow. It's horrible for parents. But I mean, these are little businesses, most of them. Yeah. And we're symbiotic with them. I mean, our, we have completely lost our revenue, you know, and um, it's, 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 it's hard. It's devastating really for everybody. Um, and uh and for families, too. I mean, the families, there's so many. I mean, I feel like this just isn't being talked about enough, you know, how many families are suffering right now with the loss of income and, you know, resources that they're used to having. Um, it's it's I, I just it almost feels surreal that like we're just kind of 
moving along and some people are like oh I'm baking all the time and it's like <laughs> oh you know and then there's just like like I'm so bored like this is so hard on me you know and it's like well you know I'm locked yeah. in my house with a child abuser you know? right like, <laughs> right no dark, right but... these ramifications you see um and you see all schools already trying to figure out if they're going to open in the fall already having these conversations even though it's June um that need for us to figure out what this new normal is because it's really not going anywhere even though we're all pretending that like it's so much better because it's so much better relative to where we were certainly here in new york um but and no one really knows why like we know because it's stayed home but maybe it's masks and maybe it's this but it is um interesting this summer like i think parents you have like as much as everyone wants everything to be normal it's like we all have to figure out this is a new normal and for these camps too like maybe this will be a great model for them where i mean hopefully they'll have in person again too but like they can have this virtual arm that can expand their business because it's hard for these businesses to expand without a ton of capital when you have to have a physical space and insurance and all that um you know maybe this will be a new business model for them the too. virtual classes are not going away i can tell you that i know um chess nyc has said they're doing they're doing virtual forever um most of the or maybe not most but i know a lot of the people that have added successfully added the virtual programs plan to continue to do that and which i think is great and it's it's so cool i mean there's kids from like different countries now accessing i know we've had birthday parties for like kids in belgium using like a provider you know in california the time zone thing has been difficult like the, <laughs> right. I was like, do i have any providers who want to get up at 5 a.m to do a birthday party <laughs> you know but um you know it's um that's not going to go away and it's i think it's actually really cool yeah, I think that's great. Like, maybe that'll be the silver lining out of all this when we come through in 18, 24 months, whatever it's going to be, that people have discovered, um, you know, new ways to do things that everyone has been talking about forever, <laughs> right? Yeah. And that have happened and this sort of pushed it. Well, the other cool virtual thing is all the museums and cultural institutions. I mean, again, we have articles about these, like, giant lists of, like, all the museums that now have, like you know, learning resources and uh, YouTube video series and all of these things that, and also, you know, the the virtual visits to the museum, um, which I find less interesting, I think, than some of the more interesting resources um, that, you know, um, you can now do online. Um, and I think that's super cool that and you know my daughter was like why hasn't this always been true like right. why can't you access these amazing cultural institutions you know all the for free all the time why wasn't that always true but she's it so is right. amazing she, you know it's that amazing you can, yeah you can visit the museum of natural history or the metropolitan museum of art all these things um the beardsley zoo which is this little zoo in connecticut they're actually one of the they listed it as a camp in our camp fair, but for $30, like you can do kind of like a behind the scenes at the museum experience, you know? What's amazing <laughs> is how many places have come up with content of their own. You know, they, they have staff, they have time now because there's no visitors and they're creating really great content for YouTube. I can't tell you myself personally, how many um, video tours and online classes I've taken at the Botanic Gardens 
which I'm a member and I go there in person, but since I can't, it's just been a really great way to see the flowers that I love to see in person. And I'm loving some of these virtual museum tours as a grown-up. I could sit here all day and watch the videos of the animals in the zoos visiting the other animals. Have you seen these? <laughs> I love those. Where like, you know, the penguins just get to wander around and see other parts of where they live. It's, 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 you know, they're empty, so they might as well. It's those videos. I should like gather a bunch of links of those because those are fantastic. And then just quick links. If you want to go to our camp fair, you can go to mommypoppins.com slash camp fair hyphen fair so it's and that's m-o-m-m-y-p-o-p-p-i-n-s dot com slash camp hyphen fair that's the quick link to it and we also have a giant list of um, virtual camps and that's mypoppins.com slash virtual hyphen camps if you want to find uh, that as well well these are all a ton of great ideas Anna. thank you we'll link to the resource page and obviously to mommy poppins all the links you've talked about because there's so many resources and we know parents are tired but like you you can do this <laughs> like you can you can power through and create a summer for your kids that's not 100 percent dependent on you um thank you so much for joining us today thank you it was so fun Stay safe. You too. <laughs> Wear your mask. Stay sane. It's nice Bye. to talk to other human beings, though. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Anytime. That's what we're here for. All right. Bye. Bye. We'll be right back with our Bites of the Week. We are back with our Bites of the Week. Amy, what do you have? Mine, I... I didn't really plan it to be like a parallel to what we were talking about today, but it really is. Um, it's just a general recommendation for if you hate exercise and if you have a really hard time exercising, live Zoom classes. Because like I'm really not going outside. I tried a couple of times to walk with the mask on and to really go like fast enough to really exercise I just don't like doing it with the mask on. It doesn't feel good. And jogging, forget about it. Like I would, I think I would hyperventilate. So I have to exercise in my house and I wasn't doing it. Like three months, literally no exercise. And um, I signed up for two separate things. I signed up with a teacher that I knew who had a Taekwondo studio that, you know, is closed. So she had moved everything to Zoom. And then I also signed up, I used to take tap classes at Mark Morris in Brooklyn, and they went online. Um, and it's kind of like what Anna was talking about. Like, you know, if you don't live in Brooklyn, you couldn't take classes with Mark Morris before. But now you have access to all these amazing dance teachers in Brooklyn. So I, I'm not necessarily advocating for those two. Just find some live Zoom classes where not only can you see the instructor and it's live, but they can see you and it's accountability and they will correct you and make sure that you're doing what you're supposed to do. Because I've signed up for streaming classes before. Um, I, I've paid for them. I've done free trials. I never do the classes. There's there's no reason for it. Nothing is making me do it. But when I've signed up with a live person and they can see me doing it, I worked out four times last week. Like that hasn't happened in years probably i think it's so, weird that they can see you <laughs> i don't know why it's not 
It's amazing. But I mean, that's the only, it's the only way that they can make sure that you're doing what you're supposed right. to do. No, I know. Yeah. So that's what yeah. holds you. Amy, good for you. And yeah, well, yeah first that's of all, awesome. I, I think like at the very beginning of this, I mentioned the free Peloton app or that Peloton was having a free trial and mm-hmm. Crunch Fitness was, and I signed up for those. And I've been doing the classes, like like the exercise classes, and I'll do them like twice a week. But I hear what you're saying about accountability, that if you have an appointment. So my trainer, who I used to work with, she and I do Zoom once a week. Actually, so we smart. did it at 8.15 this morning. Nice. And I have to be there and I have to be ready to go with all my equipment. And she makes me do things that I would never push myself to do, ever. Right. So I totally agree. And you're so good because... You walk, but like the streets, the sidewalks of Brooklyn are still so crowded. Like I can't do it maskless. Like I just, there, there are just still people everywhere. I can walk here and I wear a mask. Oh, you do? Um, For some reason, I I thought that you didn't. I, because I walk with a group of like three or four people. And when you walk, especially here, we're curve, you know, going around curves and different streets. We do tend to bunch up. We're definitely Mm -hmm. not staying six feet apart. And we all decided that we'd rather wear a mask than, you know, risk it. Although I feel like they're my germ pod. <laughs> um, <laughs> right. But when I walk with they're your other summer people, camp pod, they are when I walk and I know where they've been, you know, right. I walk with other people who don't wear a mask and I've stopped walking with them because they're huffing and puffing and breathing, you know, and expelling air. And that's too close to com- for comfort for me. So I I understand because a lot of people have a hard time walking with a mask on. It's tough, especially when you're going up a hill and breathing hard. But the Zoom classes, I had to teach my trainer how to do it. (laughs) Like it took me, I wanted wanted her to pay me, you know, because now she's got this online business that I spent an hour teaching her. But Rebecca, being able to see her, what she's doing and her being able to see me. I mean, even this morning I was doing something and she kept saying, nope, come up higher, you know, nope, <laughs> right, do yeah. this. And, and you know, they can really make sure you're not hurting yourself. Yeah. Right. And I'm, no, I'm actually adding a one-on-one weight training class um, with this person uh, in for the summer because like weight training something that I hate doing and I'm always afraid I'm going to injure myself and now she can just stare at me and make sure I'm doing it right and make sure you're wearing your Fitbit charge so you get your Weight Watchers activity (laughs) Um, (laughs) Andrea the only reason that I'm doing this is so that I can eat more like I I just want to be able to eat more Weight Watchers points so it's not like I'm losing weight faster I just get to eat more stuff with my three and a half miles that I walk every day I get five extra points Nice. I, I didn't know this until you told me and I went in and I looked because <laughs> it doesn't go from my Fitbit. It goes from my phone. So now if I if I walk to the corner to get the mail, I make sure I have my phone in my pocket. Like <laughs> I want hilarious. every freaking step that I take. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I got like seven points for this morning's workout. It was great. That's awesome. Awesome. Okay. All right, Andrea, what do you have? All right. So I've been trying to get my digital life in order. <laughs> And one of the, so I switched to my new laptop and one of the things that always kills me is I start out great. And by the end of the day, I have 15 open windows <laughs> and my computer just grinds to a halt. Although this one is much better. So I went searching for some Chrome extensions and I found two things that have made my life so much easier. The first one is called the great suspender. <laughs> and basically it's an extension that takes all the tabs that I have open and puts them to sleep if I haven't used it in a certain amount of time. 
So I can set it to 10 minutes, 15 minutes, 30 minutes, um, or I can manually go in and say, suspend this tab now, or I can say, never suspend this URL. And it just puts it to sleep. So it's not clogging up resources and straining my system. And I love it. And then if I just open the tab, if I click on the window and it goes to open, it just takes like a nanosecond to come out of suspension. And I love it. Cool. So, and it doesn't slow me down at all. I use one very similar called OneTab. Oh, I have that too. Yep. But that doesn't suspend my open tabs. Well, you have to do it all manually. But it takes them and puts them all into one place. Yeah. No, that's that's true. So you're saying that your right. tabs actually stay open. They, they just stay open. sleep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I have one tab here, but I don't, I forget to go to one tab and go back to it. I still have 15 open windows. Actually, I have 20 at the moment across my screen, but 18 of them are asleep. They're kind of grayed out. I'm going to give yours a try. Give mine a try. Okay. And then the other thing I have... Um, a lot of times I want to read an article, I get distracted by the pictures and by the other things, or I want to print it and I don't want all the extraneous um, stuff in it. Or my aunt was having a hard time reading online because she needed to make the font bigger. Mm. So I found this other Chrome extension called Mercury Reader. It actually looks like a rocket ship, the logo. And what this does is it you click it and you basically you're taking a web page that you're looking at you click mercury reader and it reloads the page as if it's just the the text that's all it is it just takes the text and makes um the pictures go away it makes um the you know the extraneous stuff go away in some of them you can actually change the font size so you can make it bigger. So like my aunt would be able to make it bigger. Um, and then when you're all done, I think it does show the pictures and it saves the hyperlinks. And then there's a print screen. So if you want to print it, you're printing just the text of the article, which is really good when I'm trying to do research. It also lets you send it to your Kindle if you want to do it for a read later. And then oh. on the top, it says click here to exit the Mercury Reader view and boom, you're back in the website with all the other tabs and all the other options. So this saves me a lot of time and a lot of distraction. Oh, I can imagine. Yeah. yeah. That's great. Yep. So two extensions I highly recommend and they're both free. Oh, that's good because right. I'm such a like, ooh, something shiny. And then I forget yeah. what I'm reading and go on to something else. I'm like, else. squirrel. <laughs> yep. Squirrel. Yeah. Um, great. So I have two also. The first one actually kind of goes with your first bite, Amy, which was an article this week in the New York Times in the health section called Looking at Masks and Respiratory Health. Mm. The article is about how none of us breathe correctly. <laughs> Like, literally, nobody breathes correctly, um, which always cracks me up because I had, when I was in theater school, I had a voice teacher, and that was, like, the whole first two or three months, really, of class, we're just learning how to breathe, and she yep. always said, if everyone knew how to breathe properly and had a good haircut, the world would be a def- different place. So <laughs> I always think of her. Um, but the article is about, it's truly how it's, like, a lost art on how to breathe, and the reason people are having trouble with masks is because they don't know how to breathe and everyone breathes from their chest. Yeah. And so then they start to panic when they have the mask on and it sort of goes out. So it's, they had a whole thing on diaphragmatic breathing, which is how 
Opera singers learn, actors, meditators. It's how you learn how to breathe from your diaphragm. Um, and once you learn how to do that, and they do this actually for respiratory patients, you know, people with COPD and emphysema, they do a lot of this respiratory training and how people need to start doing it so that it's just five minutes every morning um, and every night. And you can start to like build up your respiratory muscles, which will also have the added benefit of helping you if you got coronavirus. <laughs> Mm. having stronger um, lungs and all that. And it's really easy. It's about breathing in through the nose and out through the mouth. So that is the one thing I've learned to do since wearing a mask while I walk. Yes. And it's, instead of it's, huffing and puffing through my mouth, I am trying to take deep breaths in through my nose and blow it out through my mouth. And it's really it's how you're supposed to breathe because um, your nose has all these filters in it. Mm -hmm. that help filter things out from going into your body. And then you breathe out. If you breathe in through your mouth, you kind of just breathe everything in. That's why you're not supposed to take those little rotary nose hair clippers and get rid of all your nose right. hair. <laughs> the nose hair is blocking the stuff. Right. It's like the ears, right? Yeah. So yeah. it's a really good article and people should read it particularly or send it to people who tell you they cannot wear a mask. Oh, my um, God. All those can. people who say that you're going to poison yourself. Right. Like there are surgeons who literally wear surgical masks for 10 hours at a stretch. Yep. Like, yeah. My mom's an OR fine. nurse. If yeah. you couldn't breathe with yeah. them on, she would be dead. Or construction yeah. workers who work outside in the heat all yeah. day. You're not, getting wearing a, them. you're not getting CO2 poisoning. Like it's the silliest thing ever. So anyway, it's a really good article. Um, my second one is not something that's new, but it was new to me um, because it just came out. I think it was on Amazon Prime, actually. And it's called Every Little Step, and it's a documentary about the making of the revival of a chorus line. Oh, wow. In the 2006 on Broadway. But in doing so, it's a documentary about the original making of a chorus line, including the original tapes that they used. Um, that was the first show I ever saw on Broadway, the original produ production. Me too. And it's still my favorite Broadway show of all time. Um, mm -hmm. So when I saw this, I was like, ooh, <laughs> looking at something to watch yesterday. It's so amazing because it shows the entire process that Michael Bennett used to create a chorus line, including sitting in a room for two days straight with just all these different dancers and actors that he'd pulled together and listening to their personal stories. And those became the stories in a chorus line. And they play the original tapes, the reel to reel tapes. <gasps> wow. um, and they show the workshop process at the public theater in downtown Manhattan. This was the first show ever to use a workshop process huh. that they didn't have a book and a script and, you know, and songs already written when they started rehearsal, they workshopped it, which is the model that then Hamilton used that many years later, 30 years later, whatever it is. Um, so it's fascinating. It's a fascinating history of sort of theater in New York, downtown, um, the seventies in New York, but really such a deep dive into the life of Broadway performers and how horrible and hellish and awful it is and how you're only as good as like your last show. Um, it's just, and because the show is about that, like a chorus, that's what a chorus line's about. It's so meta and so incredible. Um, it's so good. So oh I highly, God, highly recommend it. I watched that today. I know. And it came out in 2008. I was like, how did I not know this movie came out then? Not only that, but I don't remember the revival and, 
2006 and my girls were like right because we were four I'm like all right I had four-year-old twins I don't know anything that happened that first 10 years that first decade of the 2000s so yeah I I had a five-year-old and a two-year-old and it just bought a house so right. I didn't do anything then I don't even think I knew there was a revival like <laughs> no I like I was like there was a revival on Broadway I thought it was about like at the paper mill playhouse or something right like, really um but anyway it's fantastic I highly recommend it if you have kids who like Broadway it's fascinating if you just have kids who like I don't know it's just so good because it's so about like perseverance and um the casting process because they show the whole casting process for the revival and you're just like wow like it's just it's so good anyway that is our show for today we will have links to everything we talked about at parentingbites.com you can also find us on facebook.com slash parentingbites where you can share the posts you can give us comments tell us how you're doing tell us what you're doing this summer with your kids um we will have links to everything we talked about again. And please rate, review, subscribe, share wherever you are listening to us now. And be safe until next week. Happy parenting. Bye. Bye. Hey, this is our Parenting Bites disclaimer. Everything we talk about on the show is our own opinion. Any products we recommend, it's our own personal recommendation for entertainment purposes only. If you buy something through our affiliate links or you just happen to buy or see or read or watch something that we've recommended, it's at your own risk.